it is really hard to trust someone if you do not believe they can deliver. If you're supposed to throw me up in the air and catch me, but you're half my size, have a broken arm, have never caught anyone before, I am going to struggle to believe that you're going to be able to do it. And the higher the risks, the higher the stakes, the less likely I am to put my confidence in you. Welcome to the Unlocking Your People podcast. We believe that successful businesses run on people and relationships. The better your people perform, the better your business will perform. This show is dedicated to business owners and team builders that are looking to get the best out of their people and workforce. Each episode will be a strategy, a message, and even tips and tricks to help you create and cultivate a passionate workforce for your organization. Your host has spent her career helping companies and leaders handle the tough people stuff at work and helping people work better together so they can increase their impact and their results. CEO of E3 Consulting, Jess Chapman. When we were thinking about topics for this series, there were a lot of things that could have gone in as topics and a lot of things that we debated. Um, But the inclusion as trust as a topic was absolutely not of the debate. Trust is such a fundamental part of unlocking people. I could have put it top of the list. If you think about your best relationships, think about the people that you spend your most time with, family, friends, where's trust in the mix? I bet it's pretty high up there. And we hear it all the time in the work that we do. I trust them comes up for strong, effective relationships. And often the first thing that I hear when a relationship is broken down or people aren't working well together is I don't trust them. Ever watched a reality TV show? A great example of, of the implications of people and trust. We put all these different and often quite wildly different people together on an island, in a house, wherever. And because it's for TV, we kind of wait for fireworks and we often laugh at them or shake our heads about all the challenges that ensue because there's all these different people working together with different motivations and agendas and different ways of doing things. And it's, you know, hilarious apparently entertaining chaos um and so we you know we put that on tv and we call it entertainment but the funny thing is we do exactly the same thing in organizations we take a group of different people we stick them together on a site or in an office we call them a team and then we expect them to highly perform um but why why would that be any different than the fireworks and challenges that we see from any reality tv show i mean apart from the fact that people are picked for reality tv on purpose to be as different as possible um you know what why do we expect a group of different people in an organization to have any more innate trust or ability to work together than anybody on a reality tv show now i'm being a little facetious there clearly are some differences in terms of a common purpose company values and culture that will attract people with more similarities that type of thing but you get the idea right we're you know we're quite happy to put people together across our fingers and hope that it works but if you really want people to work effectively with each other and you want to get to a place where we can achieve achieve great things then we need trust trust is about being able to fully place your confidence in someone, right? So if you think about that for a second, what if I make a mistake? I don't trust you. I might try to hide it. Never a good thing for an organization when people start hiding issues and mistakes. Never a good idea. 
What if I have ideas or thoughts or suggestions for the organisation? Well, if I don't trust you, then I might not ever share them. I might not talk about opportunities or improvements. I might be worried about how that feedback might be received. And so never put those opportunities on the table. What about my overall performance and how I'm doing in my job? If I don't trust you, I may spend more time thinking about how to protect myself or avoid making mistakes by not doing as many things or trying to limit the chance of getting negative feedback or ending up in a difficult conversation and so on. Having trust allows us to expand our horizons. Having trust means we stop playing small. It allows us to question. It allows us to challenge people. It allows us to innovate, to improve, to learn, to grow. And I can't think of an organization that doesn't need to innovate, improve, learn and grow. So we need trust. And shoving people together in a group and calling them a team is not going to engender trust inherently. We need to think about building it. But it's a very peculiar thing. Have you ever actually stopped to think about what causes you to trust somebody? Have you figured out at what point you decide that you trust somebody or that you're going to put your confidence in someone? Have you ever sat down and thought about why trusting one person is easier and trusting somebody else is harder? A lot of the time when we talk about trust, we talk about it like it's this magical thing that appears all by itself and that will somehow be able to get people to trust us. Um, and it is fundamentally important, but it isn't that magic. It requires actions and it requires focus to build trust with people. And one of the biggest things that's involved in that mix is bias. Right? So we have lots of bias in the brain. Our brain is wired for habits and shortcuts and to make assumptions because otherwise we'd spend all of our lives thinking about every last little decision that we have to make, which is impossible for us to live. So bias is a very normal part of how we function, but at times it trips us up. And one of the biases we have in our brains is similarity bias, right? So similarity bias is the notion that we look for people, we connect to people who are similar to ourselves. So my shorthand on that is, I'm obviously, you know, if you're like me in some way, my brain says I am a good person, right? I like me, I'm a good person. If you are like me, then you must also be a good person. So if you are British or you live in Newfoundland or you run your own company or you like food, right, whatever it is, I'm looking for common ground, for similarity between what you do and what I do. And that can be as conscious as things we have in common. And it can be as subconscious as the way you come across or how you move in the room or what response you give me when I talk to you. My brain is looking all the time for what do I think of you, right? And that's the bias that exists. And if I see similarity, and I think you're like me, I am more inherently wired to trust you. I'm going to inherently go, okay, this is somebody who I have something in common with, so they like the same things I do, they can't be that bad. But if I can't find common ground with you, if you seem very different to me, you've come from a different place, you think about the world differently, it can be difficult for me to find that innate trust. And I will put you mentally in a camp of, I'm not sure about you, and that will shape how I respond and react to you. So trust is not something that is going to magically appear without us finding ways to build connections with people. And, with, and particularly in cases where somebody is very different to us, we often do have to work 
at creating that level of trust with somebody else. Now, the hiccup with that, of course, is in an organisation, you want diversity. You want differences of opinions, differences of experience and so on. We have a little bit of a benefit in an organisation in that you will have a culture, you will have a a mission and a purpose of what your organisation does. You will probably have some form of values, even if you've never written down. And so I won't come and work in that organisation unless that's a fit for me. And therefore, I have already some commonality with people around me. That we all work for the same organisation. Therefore, there's a little bit of common ground there. But within that, you can have vast, diverse perspectives, experiences and differences with people. That diversity is brilliant for innovation, but can be very challenging for trust. And so we need to think about trust. We want to think about how we foster it, what we do with it and how we help it grow. And there are different depths of trust. So Patrick Lencioni wrote a book called The Five Dysfunctions of a Team, which is a brilliant book. Um, would highly recommend it. And in that book he talks about two types of trust. And um, I like to think about them as two depths of trust, just a little bit of a different take on the same piece. But he talks about predictive trust and vulnerability-based trust. And predictive trust is the idea that over time I can kind of settle into a groove with you. Right. So similar to what we talked about with the reality TV show, right? you leave people long enough in a room or together in a building or whatever else, a project team, they'll start to figure each other out. Right, they'll start to recognize that Joe isn't a morning person and we probably don't want to talk to Bob before he's had his first coffee of the day. And we start to create norms and patterns of how we work with each other as a result. And so over time, if you behave consistently in that way, I settle into a form of trust because I know every day that Joe is going to come in and not be his most highly energetic until after lunch. And that's kind of how how he is. And I manage myself accordingly around him. But there's a level of trust beyond that that is much more important for the level of performance that we really want to get to in organisations. And that's that vulnerability based trust. Are you enjoying the show thus far? We know the people stuff in your business can be tricky to nail down. Each scenario feels unique on its own. We go through so many resources and tools with the podcast. It's tough to keep up. We get it. So what if you had all the right tools and training to help your organization be successful every single day with your people and the culture you're building? Jess and her team have created a range of training programs that can help you with all the different challenges of unlocking your people. For the challenges of leadership, there are two core programs, Elevate for supervisors and Propel for more senior leaders. Both programs dig deeper into the concepts, frameworks, and skills that you've heard throughout this podcast series. From building trust and empathy, to having those tougher people conversations, to managing conflict, and so much more. To see which program makes more sense for you, please go to www.e3.ca slash training for the full breakdown. The best part? All the programs are fully virtual and modular, meaning you can do them anywhere, anytime, and fit them into your busy schedule. And if you're facing particular challenges in building your team, managing change, or managing performance, we have online toolkits that can solve your unique challenges today. Once again, www.e3.ca slash training. Now, back to the show. So that vulnerability-based trust is goes further than the predictive. So predictive is, you know, if you behave consistently over time, 
then I know what I'm going to get with you and I can manage myself around you. But really deep trust, vulnerability-based trust, that's that's a different beast. That is the kind of trust where you know you can rely on other people, that they have your back and support you, that you can fall over, make mistakes, be uncertain, all of those things, without it being a weakness, without it being something that puts you at risk. With predictive trust, we don't necessarily have that piece, right? We're not in that same level or depth, in my view, of what trust is. And it's that level of trust that unlocks great performance. So not only do we need to foster understanding of connections and, you know, get over any humps of difference or diversity, we also need to get to a point where the depth of confidence we have in one another means that we can talk about issues and mistakes without being being concerned about what that means for us. And at the end of the day, We've got to really want to do it. Like deep trust, deep the deep type of trust we're talking about, the confidence you have to put up your hand with somebody and say, I have no idea what I'm doing, or I've just made a really big mistake. Like that requires vulnerability and you can't fake it. So you have to want to be in a trusting relationship with somebody. And there will be times, perhaps, that show up where that's not important for somebody in, in the world. But, you know, if we're talking about building effective organizations and effective teams, we have to want to get to that place with one another. And I often find in organizations, we're kind of blasé about the way we talk about trust. We we acknowledge we need it. We acknowledge it's important. If you ask people, you know, what makes a good relationship, they'll all say trust, right? Because we do it in, in workshops. Again, people on the flip chart, you know, what helps you build a strong relationship? Trust, okay? But then when I ask the question, okay, what helps you trust the person? Hmm. That's a bit more magic. Someone waved a magic wand and we got there. Right? But if we're going to lead in an organization or we're going to work effectively with other people in an organization, we're going to work with people who are very different to us and we're going to need to get to that place of deep trust. So we're going to need to think about how we productively and practically build trust um, and how we take actions to kind of right relationships or you know, filling gaps with people that we perhaps don't have the strongest relationships with. And that for us is where gain comes in. So at E3, we talk about gaining trust and the gain, our gain model of trust, which is four things that we say you focus on to help foster more trust in the relationship. And there is a one page kind of gain assessment you can download on the website if you want to think about the quality of trust that you have in your working relationships with the people around you. But you know, I'll go through the game model. But as I do, I want you to hold in your head the idea of a, a, a couple of ice skaters, so pair skaters, right? So if you're thinking about trust and what is needed for somebody to trust you, I think that's a great analogy because if I'm going to throw you up in the air or let you throw me up in the air on ice with a couple of sharp blades attached to my feet, I'd better trust you. Right? That's a that is high risk category for what happens if we don't have that trust so we'll use that analogy as we work through the the four elements of of gain so we want to build that level of trust we want to build that deep trust how do we do it the first thing that we want to think about the g that's goodwill right i need to demonstrate that i consider you to be important and vice versa if i will point fingers at you if i will blame you for mistakes if i'll throw you under the bus as we say in the uk then i'm not then 
if you would do that to me, I'm not going to trust you. If I do that to you, you're not going to trust me. If you offer to help me, particularly with no evidence of something in it for you, if it seems to be relatively altruistic, at least, um, or, you know, fairly frequent and consistent, if you give me support, if you give me recognition and appreciation, which signals you considered me to be important, then I'm likely to start to consider you the same way. So we need a demonstration of goodwill. I need to show you that you matter in some way, shape or form. So as my skating partner, I need to demonstrate that I care about how you feel about what we're doing. I might acknowledge the skill you put into the jumps that we do rather than when the, you know, when the jump doesn't work, it's not not your fault or my fault. It's how do we work on this together? So we need some degree of goodwill. A is for ability. So it is really hard to trust someone if you do not believe they can deliver. If you're supposed to throw me up in the air and catch me, but you're half my size, have a broken arm, have never caught anyone before, I am going to struggle to believe that you're going to be able to do it. And the higher the risks, the higher the stakes, the less likely I am to put my confidence in you. So we have to be on the same page in terms of expectations. So what does actually doing this look like do we agree on what that means I have to demonstrate ability by delivering on those expectations and I have to close any gaps to delivering on those expectations so managing skills improving performance all those things are key right so goodwill and ability the third part of the game model is integrity if the last time that we skated together I said I would catch you and I didn't it's going to affect the trust level right? If I say I'm going to catch you, I have to catch you. Or if I don't, I had at least better be clear about why I didn't and demonstrate that I did try to, right? This wasn't a, I didn't care. This was something prevented me from being able to do it. But in an ideal world, being honest, keeping your promises, managing expectations, totally key. Not saying yes to stuff you can't do, being able to say no, really fundamental to building trust if you say yes to things you can't deliver on you'll affect the trust in a relationship so integrity and lastly noticing so noticing is about connections common ground as we talked about and importance if i take the time to notice what is going on with you i show you that you matter and you're important and if i ask about things that matter to you i'm creating connection i show you care right so relatedness connecting to people is a big driver Right? I want to look at somebody else and see similarity. I want to have a connection to that person to trust them. So noticing is really important. But what people want you to notice can vary quite dramatically. So some people care about whether you ask about their kids or remember their birthday, which personally I'm not very good at right? and I have to work at. Other people, that doesn't matter as much to them. Um, but they will want you to notice if they're having a bad day. Um, some people will want you to notice the quality and accuracy of their work performance, not so much their personal life elements, right? So it depends on different people. Um, noticing is therefore back to understanding people. But ultimately, even if you try to notice things with someone else and they're not quite what's important to them, it will still go a long way in building trust with somebody else. So goodwill ability integrity and noticing and if you pull apart your less effective relationships it's likely that one at least of those would be low right so you're missing confidence in someone's ability you're missing confidence in their integrity you don't feel that they notice things they should be noticing or they don't demonstrate goodwill towards you possibly more than one And so we can identify and figure out what we turn the dial up or down on in order to build a better trusting relationship with somebody else.
And it's a two-way piece, right? So we can often end up in a vicious cycle with trust. Someone does something that for us is a red flag. And so we pull back and we stop helping or asking or noticing as much. And then that triggers the other person because we've changed our behavior and then they start doing the same and so on and so forth. Which is why trust is about also being able to have a conversation with someone about the things that they do, being able to have those honest, back to integrity, difficult conversations when things don't go the way that we want, because that is also demonstrating integrity rather than just pulling back from that individual. Now, someone listening to this is probably thinking, yeah, that's all well and good, Jess, but what if they don't care about me? And ultimately, you can't make someone trust you. Um, But if you are someone's leader or you are required in an organization to work with someone for you both to accomplish your task or goals, then there is something in it for them to build a working relationship with you. As we've talked about before, what's in it for me, fundamentally important to us as people. So if someone doesn't care about you, perhaps they don't understand. First question, do you need to have that depth of relationship with them? Are they someone who you have joint goals and connections with? If they're not, perhaps you don't need to worry about the level of trust in that relationship. And as long as you're respectful to one another, fine. If you do need to do that, perhaps they haven't understood that piece. And maybe you need to have a conversation with them about why having a better working relationship would be beneficial to them and what's in it for them to do that. Trust takes time. It takes time to build and it's not always easy. It's not that magic pill that we sometimes talk about. Um, And far too often, I think we put people together and cross our fingers that they're going to turn into an effective relationship or a team and there is a better way. So think about the trust you're building. Use the game model to help you think about your relationships, think about your team members, identify your gaps where you can dial things up or dial things down. And don't wait to build trust. If you have a weaker relationship with someone, the only way to build it is for one of you to take the first step. So be that leader and do it. Now, we have a new virtual toolkit and program coming later in 2021, which is about building high performing teams. And there's lots of emphasis in that program on building trust. So if this is a topic of importance for you, you might want to head to e3.ca and look at our unified program and see if that's something that would be interesting for you. But don't don't treat trust as the magic button. Right. Be systematic about how you improve trust in all your relationships, because it is the foundation of super performance. Hope you enjoyed that episode today on the Unlocking Your People podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe on whichever platform you're listening to this on. If this episode made you think of someone, go ahead, take a screenshot and share this episode with them. This show exists to showcase what is possible when leaders have the right strategies and frameworks to tackle the tough people stuff within their business and organizations. To learn more about how Jess and her team can potentially help your organization unlock the potential in its people, take a look at the options at www.e3.ca. The better your people perform, the better your business will perform. Once again, it's www.e3.ca. All right, that's a wrap. We can't wait to hang out with you on the next episode. Oh, 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 oh,